0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Biscuits and Groovy podcast with Tyler and Alex. We are so excited to uh, begin this journey with you guys. So before we get into our first week, we'd like to talk about both the idea of this podcast and our credentials as musicians and hopefully good hosts. Lack of credentials. Yeah, lack of credentials. <laughs> That's in the <laughs> grand scheme of things, for sure. Yes, but so, we, we can pretend. We can pretend. That's like a lot of a lot of fun in life is pretending. Uh-huh, I think. Acting like I know what you're doing. Sure, faking it till you're making it. Yes, that is us. And getting making um, it. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Tyler and I, we known each other. Um, we went to college together. Yes, up at Utah State University. That's where University. we
0: officially met. Yes, in the small town of Logan. Although I don't know if I've told you this before. Logan is, or at least was when I last checked this on Wikipedia, the largest city in the country that is not directly accessible by a freeway. Interesting. Yes. have thought, right? Yeah, well. But that town was a little too small for us, so we're down in, in uh, the Utah Valley now, then in Orem. Yeah. But we met up there as musicians. That was our primary way of meeting.
1: Yeah. Well, we played in maybe just one band yeah, up there. Yeah,
0: however you want to think about it. One group of guys that... We were the kind of the founding people. Had other people come with us, and then moved down here. Same kind of thing happened down here as well.
1: I played guitar.
0: Yes, and I've always played bass in bands with Alex. I've also played guitar in the past, but in the with Alex, my, I've been a bassist. But outside of that, we also are music. A- appreciators. Yes. Fanatics. Aficionados. Fanatics. Yes, as, I as don't know.
1: M- as many people would claim to be.
0: Sure, uh, yeah, and, and you know... I
1: love music. Well, yeah. I mean, it may, I think everybody likes music. Yeah, sure.
0: I uh, I won't even comment whether or not we like it more than other people. We like it as much <laughs> as we like it. That's Yeah, the, it's, uh, um,
1: th- it's the truth. And it's... Um, yeah, music's really fun. So that was kind of the... We played in a band down here. The band has since dissolved. And we had all of this awesome equipment. And... We always talk about music together just sure. you know, yeah. send Just as we songs, like to talk, yeah. And we're like, we should do this um, as a podcast. Sure. Um, Start a little podcast. And so the idea behind the podcast. Yes.
0: It's Alex's idea originally.
1: We we have a band. Um, and I think for us, too, it's a little self-discovery as much as it might be for you guys. But we right. tend to try to pick new, newer bands that we don't know quite enough about. Maybe it came up on some, you know, listen to this um playlist yeah. somewhere, whatever. Um I'm
0: sure we'll talk about every week how we discovered the artist if, if that's uh, interesting at all. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah we pick an artist and then we listen to their whole catalogue of music for a whole week. We're trying we're gonna, we're gonna be doing an episode a week. That's the that's the that's the idea. So each week we pick a different artist, we listen to their whole catalog of music. And then Tyler and I each pick three songs and uh, each. Each individually we yeah. pick three songs. Um and they tend to be I feel like we've got enough of a music taste difference that i don't see in the future and i say this right but i don't see i don't see us having a lot of the same choices which this week we didn't yeah Um, we didn't we uh, the the first week right off the bat we didn't have um and we kind of commented on each other's um choices oh that's cool i didn't think about that song as much um yeah and
0: that's that's kind of the whole point of the show is is contrasting and dissecting these choices why we chose them what we can learn from these songs, what we appreciate, what we don't like as well. what what we'd critique about these songs, whether it's the lyrics, the production, the songwriting, you what know, the, the 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 philosophy, exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Also we have got an artist and the songs. And yeah, so we will pick those those three songs each, talk about them. You get to listen to it and as much as we possible, we do this on the fly. We don't we you know, we don't talk about it through the week. You know, we don't we probably sending to their text like Oh, man. Did you did you hear this damn song right. it was dope? Yeah, no, none of that. It's all gonna happen right here
1: We clarify we clarify which songs we have like the day before right just to make sure that we're all in the same boat Same boat and everybody's set up and ready to go um, That's about all we got yeah, but besides that we kind of go for it And so yeah, that's the idea we we're gonna discuss the band, you know, they're kind of forthcoming is kind of give you guys a little Roundabout on what's going on with them, you know, and, and if they're if they're still playing if you you know And so hopefully this is like I said, um, As much as it's going to be fun for us, I hope it's uh, fun for you guys to and kind of discover some new bands as well. Sure. So yeah, I mean, introduce the first band. Yeah,
0: okay. So we did say that we were going to try to maybe discover some new stuff. This week, as the first episode, we wanted to kind of stick to something we know a little bit. And this band is called All Them Witches. This is a band that Alex and I have listened to for a long time. And weirdly enough, I guess I want to tie it in what we talked about, how we met up in Logan. The day before I met Alex was the first time I heard this band. And actually, the, the first song I'm going to talk about is the first song I heard. Um, and I listened to it, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just such raw rock and roll. And that's kind of what I was into at the time, especially. And so I, I went on the internet looking for a guitarist in the area that was looking for a band, and that's when I found Alex. Um, and so in a lot of ways, this band has been like inherently tied to the music that that I've made with Alex and the direction we've gone, I think. But um, yeah, we found this band back in the day, a few years ago. We've listened to them ever since, and since then, I think they've come out with at least, so I think, three albums. I think since then, because I, th- I think have been like uh, two thousand thirteen. I think at okay. that point they did not. Well, have 15. They did not have S- Dying Surfer yet. I think it was before Dying Surfer came out. So they've had Dying Surfer, they've had. Um, Lighting. At the door, no, 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 that was yeah. So the ones they had, I think, were oh, oh, Lightning. Oh, oh,
1: so they had I, my, our mother Lectures D and Lightning. At yeah, the door. I think that's all they had at that point. And then Dying Surfer His Maker, right through the war, right? And then AWT, ATW, mean. ATW, yeah, a little dyslexic, yeah. <laughs> and then nothing is nothing as, as, as the idea. idea, right? So
0: they had two of their six albums out at the time, and since then, I think they've had a big evolution as far as music they've written and yeah, just sounds they've created.
1: Well, and even evolution, I remember. Well, I don't. It probably would have been. It had to have been after two thousand. Probably it was like two thousand sixteen. We saw them up in Salt Lake City.
0: That and, was that first time we saw them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And there was like nobody there. Sure. Probably one of like thirty people. Yeah. You know something. It was not full. Very much standing room. Um, on the floor. Right. And then we saw them again, in like the year after. It was just the year it was, after. It wasn't was like,
0: too much after. Yeah. I think it
1: was just the year after. Yeah. Um, and then they sold it. They sold out the place. Yeah,
0: and the same venue both times. Uh uh-huh. um, Probably you know. Yeah.
1: At least six times as many people.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And <sighs> it, it, it has been interesting to see them grow. Yeah, as a fan base and as an artists, I would say.
1: Well, it was pretty cool. Um. So yeah, we like We like this band, and and like so. The, yeah, for the inauguration, we thought it would be good to kind of talk about a band, and you know, a band that's really not that well known. I would sure. say either. Yeah. As much as you know, we saw them at that one show that a lot of people came to. That might have been just a happenstance or whatever. But, um, yeah, the band, all them witches. So, um, American rock band from Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. Um, consists of drummer Robbie Stabler, uh huh, multi instrumentalist and vocalist Charles Michael Parks, and guitarist Ben
0: McLeod. Right? McLeod, yes, that's current. That's the current lineup. Ben McLeod. Um but when past, we saw them they had a well the, the second time it was just it was the just the two oh, tra- well, yes it right. was. But the first time they had their their old keyboard organist. I guess he he plays mostly a Rhodes piano, so I guess I'd call him a keyboardist. Okay. But his name not Draper, Draper was the replacement. It Alan. was Alan Van Cleve. That's right. That's I forget. True. Alan Van Cleve was one of their also other founding members. And then I believe after yeah, they only had one one actual album, the most recent one, Nothing as the Ideal it was the only album that did not have Alan Van Cleve. And then John Draper is just a well, he, shout out Yeah, he was play. a he was an inter intermittent keyboardist when after Alan Van Cleve left the band. I don't know, I from what I understand, they hired him knowing that it was gonna be a short term thing. They okay. Basically said, we want to have a, a transitional period where we still tour our old songs that have these while we while we figure out how to play them without keys. And then that's that's how I understand it
1: what um, formation early years 2012 yes 15 they met at a bar right Ben met the drummer
0: uh, initially yeah, I, I believe so
1: um, and then Parks was working at a as it says a corporate hippie store
0: well so I understand they're all or not part Parks actually the only one that wasn't working there as far as I understand but is that what it says that Parks is working there um, I heard I understood that yeah. Ben and Robbie met there but
1: no yeah Ben, ben made Parks Followed by the front man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben met after meeting at the bar. Followed by the front man of God, oh, Do you remember Were well, they both working at a corporate store? Yeah, so Ben. or Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. No, 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 no. The drummer and Parks both worked at the. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Because I, I remember the drummer, kind of, Robbie, being the the central. The guy that kind of met both of them. And they all kind yeah. of came together. Around okay, that.
1: so yeah. Robbie was working with Parks. Yes. And then met Ben at a bar.
0: Correct, and there then afterwards they met, they brought Alan on, mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, initially, I would say friends who happen to be interested in the same music, which I think is it speaks volumes to to how tight their music is, but also how how vast the sounds are that they've made. You know what I mean? Sure. I feel like when you're when your relationship is less corporate and more friendly, sure, you're a lot more open to saying, oh, well, you know, what what can we become? rather than we got to meet the needs of an audience. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's a good balance in the, in the music industry of, you know, finding that balance to be able to make enough money to stay around to make the music, but also being true to yourself in order to make music people like. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. Well, and so make music people like, I think, so their genre, na- like, I don't know what people are co- um, categorizing them as. Blues rock, hard rock, stoner rock, psychedelia. Mm-hmm. and neo psychedelia. Okay. So, I mean, think what you want. But sure, the blues rock kind of style of music is kind of yeah. I think mostly what we hear.
0: Yes, I would say. That's, I would say that's yeah. what I would give them. A- yeah. Well, and, and I would say in in recent years, it's, it seems to me like Ben kind of provides the blues side of things and Parks and Robbie um from what I've seen in interviews, they're a lot more like into uh, I don't know, like Eastern experimental music, things that don't use blues scales as much. Okay. Um. So, th- like, they have, they're like some of their songs have a sort of an Arabic flavor to them. Okay. Especially like in the middle two albums, I believe. Um. And and that kind of comes from Robbie and and Parks listening to a lot more experimental stuff. Gotcha. Stuff that doesn't doesn't just follow blues scales and and you know yeah. twelve bar kind of kind of style, um, but yeah but they have a good blend and and over time the blend has become a lot more interesting. Um,
1: so I mean, um, I think we'll kind of develop the blend. Yeah, I, let's see. You have, do
0: you have a song from? Not from their electricity. I don't. Yeah, but you have. Know, the, the Blood Heart is.
1: Uh, I have one from one. My, our mother electricity. Okay, so maybe I should go
0: first. Yeah, maybe we'll kind of go that way. Um.
1: I also maybe this and this is probably this is definitely the 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 odd song out I would say as well from this this album as well. but I like yeah. I like this this a lot I mean I think this is a good um this is gonna c- contrast their kind of musical um level that like, dynamic maybe okay um, cool so the first song from Our Mother Electricity that I picked was Easy and
0: so what year is this 2012 um is it um, no? 2012 I, I think should just scroll down it, on Spotify it should be down yeah. there at the bottom of that
1: yeah 2012 okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: interesting i feel like i almost have to like uh give it like a rather than rather than a clap like (laughs) you said it's 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 definitely going to show off as we go on the dynamic range as far as volume goes and as far as like intensity goes with their music um and i think i think a lot of that in the song comes from the composition style where like you couldn't necessarily point out like um where the verse ends where the chorus begins like, it's, at least to me, like, when I yeah. listen to it, it kind of just, you go through, the whole song goes through, and it's just one verse leads into the other one. It's not like, I'm trying to, like, the exact opposite example would be, like, a lot of, I mean, pop in general, you know, you, you can feel the drop coming at the at the end of yeah. the, the last the yeah. fourth chord in the progression. All of a sudden, you come in, and it's the chorus. Right. And and you know there's a distinct downbeat, whereas this one, it's just, I think a lot of because of the slide guitar, keeping it all glued together, you just kind of, it's a rhythm, big old the, poem, yeah. The
1: rhythm measure is one is repetitive um enough like the the, the, like the, the figure fi- picking style okay cool um yeah and then uh it's just pocket drums yeah right? exactly so, yeah the pocket drums for it's sure kinda, just it's very very grooving smooth. along keeps it going
0: yeah and um <laughs> funny is when i was listening to the, or i was reading the lyrics you get to the bottom and i was saw that it was written by people that were not in the band and i was like wait what i was like i didn't think they ever had, like, you know, songwriters come on with them or, or, and I was like, maybe it's a cover. And so I looked up all the people in the band, the, the songwriters, and they're in this band called Sugar Babes. And I was like, wait, there's no way this is a cover. And I looked up the, the, um, sugar babes song called easy yeah and it's not at all the same song i think someone just just went through and saw that song called easy and they put this other people oh that's like oh my gosh this is crazy i've listened to them for years and i had no idea yeah but no this is as far as i know not a cover does not sound like it is not a cover yeah but um another interesting thing about this one it's ben mcleod singing
1: yes okay yeah not michael parks because it does not sound like the rest of them
0: right yeah i think i as i understand it, half the songs on this album more or less half are ben mcleod singing more than half, uh, half are Michael Park singing. And I think that's that's interesting. Like, not very many bands, um, or at least notable bands, went through – like, had one person in the band sing and then switch. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's on the first album, so it's not like they did, you know, half their career and then decided, no, actually, we're going to switch. Right. Um, But, like, I think that's an interesting – thing to point out to non-musicians that it's never or it's not necessarily a clear choice who's going to be the singer in your band you know just because like it's it's possible that most people in the band have had singing experience or it's possible that not very much like that none of you have a lot of singing experience which is how i understand the the case in this band uh none of them were like great singers yeah exactly they're all like well but we need a singer to sing or else we're going to be an instrumental band and no one's going to pick us up so who's going to pick up the you know the mantle right and so they, they tried both of them, and they decided in the end, or at least thus far, that Michael Parks is going to be the singer.
1: Interesting. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um,
0: Good choice in my in my opinion. Like I do I do like his singing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but I think we'll see later that you know i mean you know maybe maybe Ben would have been an even better singer. Who knows? Like going forward, if we had an alternate reality that we could look at where oh. Ben stayed, yeah. But <laughs> but I've really appreciated the the. Evolution of Michael Parks's singing and his lyricism as well. Okay,
1: cool. Well, I mean, I was going to ask you because I was, just, I mean, it could have, as, as far as I know, it could have just been him discovering his voice. Um, but it being Ben McLeod makes more sense because it is a different sounding voice than the rest of the music we're going to hear because you didn't have one off Our Mother Electricity, a song. Right. Off. And so even, yeah, jumping into Lightning at the Door because um, that's going to be your first right, song. Correct. That's going to be Parks singing. Right. Probably their most popular album would, I say, "Lightning at the Door."
0: Right. Um, well, so I'm I'm a, a member of a c- couple forums on Facebook uh, around this band, and I I actually a while back conducted a a head to head tournament of every song they have. On who's, a a random Yeah, basically, I just randomized them all, put them into a bracket. Okay. Um, and every day. Hit a playoff. Yeah, but yeah, more or less, I did. I did a, the. Uh, what's the. The uh, March Madness. I did the March Madness of all them witches. Oh yeah, and um, and this song didn't win, but it was up there. Like I think it was like Final Four. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this this album just has a lot of powerhouses. Yes. And like a lot of these these songs went really far. Um, yeah. I think I think this is probably their most popular song as far as plays go. Maybe not at this point, but when I first found them like i said this is the f- song i first heard by them yeah and this was at that point their flagship song for sure and you,
1: i'm gonna look on spotify yeah look at look and see what their tops yeah plays that's, are that's gonna be their most played song. okay
0: gotcha so by far by far okay but yeah so what's the n- it's number two as far as three times okay
1: the next one's the marriage of the coyote woman okay but this which, one- which is also from that album isn't it yes it is okay
0: so yeah this is a very popular song and as you know as far as their fans go and you know, maybe we'll see why when we listen to it. Sure. Maybe we'll talk about that. Do you, think, want to, do you want to just get into it? Yeah, or? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think the song will speak for itself.
0: So. Yeah, totally.
2: Come here, primitive like a dark slave. Riding on the wings of that Jesus snake. ground no cold blooded man
0: I think right away you see the dynamic uh, range in those two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just just from the first two albums, um, and and not just that every song on both albums, you know, like each of those songs, but within within two albums, which was, was 2014 when that second album came out, or 13, um, Yeah, pull that up.
1: 13.
0: 13. So then within, within a year of each other or so, um, you got those two songs, very different. You know. Yeah, our, but you
1: didn't get a lot of. Easy was definitely this, like I said, the standout song of right. that,
0: as far as the, the soft ones go.
1: Right on that, even that first album. Yeah,
0: but I'm just saying, like, um, like think about any other. Let's just, I'm just, you know, other bands that that have some level of fame, but not like huge bands. Usually, yeah. it's because they find a sound and they stick, and stick to, it. to it. And not to say that they hadn't in those first two albums, but being willing to say oh yeah we're going to play a slow blue song i think it's good that they are able to do that though. yeah and that, i think that's that's really fun um i don't think at either the song either of the shows we saw they played easy i doubt they are pl- no. still playing that at this point in their career but i think both of them they played when god comes back yeah and um and i bet they will continue to do that maybe not though i don't know um and i just remember the crowd that's like as soon as he comes in with that that vocal hook at the beginning it's like The whole crowd is like Oh man I well, th- th- they, that they that The other one I'm gonna do too Is in.
1: another one where I think everybody Listened to And everybody liked a lot too um, Cause I'm gonna switch it on you Out of a little A little bit of um, Preference I'm like okay, yeah, I'm gonna mix you
3: guys, it up You're gonna switch your next
0: okay. one I'm
1: gonna mix it up Yeah number Kay. two I'm gonna just on the, on the fly Mix it up for you Okay Um, And let's listen to this one And then talk more about both of them
0: Okay That's, That's fine good. with me That's yeah, cool with me Yeah, yeah. Take your hand. So why did you want to do those um, dude, back-to-back?
1: That I think that's a great, um, probably my favorite song. Um, On the gonna album pick or overall from them? Just of all of them. Kay. I wasn't going to pick it just because I think that's a little bit more of a well-known one. We Kay. are kind of playing some well-known ones. But that, I think, goes to shout-out to your first one, um, that same kind of rhythm patterns. Maybe not rhythm patterns, but rhythm-like tones. Sure. And quarter notes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's that, those drums are so right. cool.
0: Right. Yeah. Like and 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 varying throughout the whole. Si- I mean, I mean, I think it's the end of the third verse when you just go yeah. for like for so long, dude.
1: But yeah, dude. Through the verse, those drums are fantastic. Yeah. I think that's probably why I like it that mu- so much is those drums are way cool. Yeah. Especially coming into the, the second verse where it it, it kind of like fade the rest of the rest of the stuff kind of fades out and you just hear the drums boom, for a little bit. Boom. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah.
0: I, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I mean, w- speaking from a live experience, uh, we've both talked about in the past about how he's the hardest working man in rock and roll. The drummer. Yeah. He looks Robbie like Robbie Stabler. He, he, he works like a lot from his shoulders and like his whole upper body rather than like from his wrists, which a lot of <laughs> most drummers are, I guess, supposed to do. But like when he's playing, he's focusing super, super like intently on everything. Or at least that's, a, that's what it looks really like. Yeah, he really high. up, and, it's just, and he just looks intense. Um, and actually an interview I watched this past week, um, or no, this is actually from somebody in that forum that I talked about. Um, somebody mentioned just happened to see this, um, that they had seen them live in the past and they like remarked the same thing we're talking about where he's just so intent. And, uh, they were like, man, like, like why are you so like crazy up there? You know what I mean? Why is your face so, so nuts? And his response was something like, cause Drummond's so damn hard. (laughs) He's like, and I mean, you know, you can make it as hard as easy, easy as you want and you know, maybe it's you know, maybe he's just being funny, but it it really does make you appreciate like the drum tones he's getting are just so grooving. and like they just fit. Yeah. The the sound.
1: Very cool. Like, yeah, that's I mean and they could talk everything about the song. Yeah, really cool, but definitely the, my favorite part about that is the, is the drums. Um But yeah, blends and I think it gets a real good real good comparison um on how kind of tight those two though this whole album kind of sounds like that
0: yeah i think I, I would say of all their albums this album is the most glued together okay it, like and there are pros and cons to that like you know if something is too similar throughout the album you get tired of it mm-hmm. but if it's not enough you're like you know thrown all over the place and it's and you're like why are these on the same album these should all just be singles and it'd be fine right um and you know maybe, maybe i'm not remembering all the other songs like I, I i feel like uh the next two albums S- dying surfer and uh, mother or not mother electricity um city of the war are also kind of similar to each other okay. but that's kind of a separate thing but um i want to talk about both these songs i noticed um the lyrics are very um oh man i don't know what the right word is but like mystical in My- a way mystical. yeah mystical um and i think from from what i've read and, and heard from Michael Parks and Robbie Taylor, but mostly uh Michael Parks. It comes from his fascination and and interest in just a lot of um like religions and theology and Kay. philosophy um so I, I I don't know if you can know this thing and stuff, but um he grew up in the south, okay. Um, in his early years and then moved to New Mexico and then, and then after that's where he some met some Indians them in... action. I have, yeah, I have no idea. Action. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea if he like lived in the desert or what, but yeah, New Mexico, very, very different from the South and then met them in Nashville. Okay. And then they lived, they all lived in, in Nashville for a while, but currently they're all living in certain parts of the country. Right. Now. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah. So it, as, uh, the COVID pandemic has been going on. They've, you know, haven't been playing shows. Right. And I don't, I don't know if they were already living separately apart before the pandemic started and kind of lockdown started in the country, but they are currently living. So Ben lives in, um, Florida. Okay. Robbie lives in LA and Michael parks lives in Arkansas,
1: Arkansas
0: in legitimately a cabin in the woods with no electricity. That's wild. Yeah, I, he, he <laughs> moves there. Yeah, he, moved there. he he lives there with his cat, and uh, an acoustic guitar, and books. That's what he says. I, I've uh, kind of I follow him on Instagram with stuff, and he's like, you know, he'll come into into town every once in a while and get get supplies and shit. But yeah, um, he's like, yeah, well, I live out there, and uh, the cat kills most of the brown recluses and black widows, and other than that, that's the only thing I really care about is just reading books. So he just he just reads all sorts of you know interesting philosophy books and stuff like that. And that's where he gets a lot of his ideas of these lyrical ideas. Interesting. That's what he says. And so,
1: um, I mean, I'll just, it's a musician for you. Yeah, that's for a sure. That's a hardcore
0: musician. Um, I mean, just, so just from Charles William, here's just like, I uh, just, uh, you know, pulling up some of the, um, or maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back to the first one. Cause I, I feel like that was the first one I noticed the one I was playing before. Um, when God comes back. So the, the, some of the lyrics, Ten thousand souls in your right hand never lost ground in no a cold-blooded man. Ten thousand souls in your right hand, juggernaut child in a fragile land. Um, but then the part where that's kind of a spoken word rather than singing. Everything I see is just a part of it. Every word I breathe is just a part of it. I saw her drink from the cup of light. That's how I know she still exists. Things and, and things that you know maybe mean a lot, maybe don't mean anything to you, but interesting words at least. I don't know. Like yeah, oh not yeah. not just not just. Uh, not just a, just a statement. A l- little bit of rambling, sure, rambling man. And uh, no, not him. I mean, in a way. Yeah. But 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 the words themselves are yeah. There's, all guys, over God, the there's place. a lot of meaning around to them. And um, it kind of almost when you think about it, it sounds like uh, like Eastern religion scripture. I got people sure. like, like would the, I would not like reading the, that's the way and interesting. Stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, I think it, I think it blends or it lends itself well to their music style. Okay. Being kind of um, aggressive but also grooving. Sure. It, it kind of fits that, I feel like. And, well, and later albums are even more so. I, I'm sure we'll kind of notice that as we go on, especially on the most recent album and I would say the middle two albums. ATW gets more down-to-earth to me, Yeah, but maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm just misremembering things. Um, but I, I like that. I think it sets them apart a little bit, and it, it kind of is a good thing they chose him as their singer because I doubt Ben McLeod would have made that decision as well.
1: Sure. Um and that's probably, yeah, I mean, there might have been some reasons why, they, why he's like, you know, I can do this. But um, funny interview I read through this guy came on whatever show, wherever they were at. Um, after the show, they were signing autographs and like talking, right? And the this guy comes up and asks him, So how long have you guys been like worshiping Satan? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Oh, well, we don't worship Satan. And I, yeah, just, you that's know, funny. you might not be getting
0: the right, it's really interesting, you know,
1: idea of what we're, what we're talking about. But he was like, Totally thinking, yeah, it's kind of. Well, funny. makes think a little of bit of a, a cult following, yeah. perhaps.
0: Well, it makes me think of a quote that I heard forever ago. Um, the best mystery is ambiguity.
1: Oh, dude, yeah, that's the. You I know, think.
0: if if you can if you can make people believe that you that you have two opposing views on something, uh huh, then it keeps them guessing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and so in a lot of ways, like um, I there's think it's there's, the best there's music. a song yeah there's a song on the first album. I can't remember what it's called, but um, I'll look it up right now. It has a lot of like. Christian sim- symbolism in it or like you know a lot of terminology that's used in like classic southern christianity yeah, yeah. um it's called family song for the leaving if you like, if you just read those lyrics later okay. like, uh, as an audience but um you know compare that to when god comes back or um you know I think I think of a song on ATW um that talks about somebody having cloven feet cloven feet. yeah um it's called half tongue mm. Um, and, you know, and, and like, you know, maybe those two things are kind of a mirror of each other. Yeah. And it, it is, does make some mystery and some intrigue.
1: Well, I, I think ambiguous music is always the best music to me. And it's the long, longest lasting music. It's the most meaningful music when you can find something in a song that that you can take from it, regardless of whatever. Because, I mean, you can't write a song about whatever he's writing a song about and and expect everybody in your group of people to be like oh I relate with that and I like that right you know but if you write something that's ambiguous you have its own meaning for yourself right Um, and that the real point of what you're saying but if you don't like you know own up to it I guess in a way um, some people might figure it out and then have the same meaning but other people have different meanings and that expands wrong nobody's wrong yeah right and that expands your whole crowd you know if if you're able to become ambiguous in that sense of like in your writing styles You'll have a bigger uh, group of following because you're not biased you know what I'm saying it's an it's an unbiased way of of going about um, sharing your music not to say that you're right or wrong you know what's the song about you know if I tell you what the song's about then that's the only thing you can think about it and if it was not if it wasn't about what you thought it was but I mean, at the same time you know it's kind of adult it's very grown up to have an ambiguous ambiguous song because um, I'm not going to tell you what to think, right? And I'm not going to tell you, you know, that I'm I'm a I'm a
0: semi tell you what I think, yeah. Maybe and, I, and I'm and gonna then let you, can kinda, have you figure it out,
1: right? But if I get up on a mic and I tell you all this, you know, if I get on my soapbox on the mic right. up on the stage and tell you exactly what I'm thinking and how I feel about God and you yeah, know, and it, it becomes
0: more of a discussion than a preach,
1: exactly. Well, and, and at the same time too, then you you start pushing people away. And it not and it becomes outside of the music. You're like, I don't like sure. this guy because of what he's saying about Jesus.
0: Right, exactly. You
1: know? And and that's obviously we're just using religion as an example. Yeah, there's plenty space, of other yeah, examples.
0: You, you get do politics, you get do uh-huh. art, whatever whatever thing a certain musician or singer is passionate about, you know. Yeah. There's a there's a way to, to do it that feels preachy and there's a way to do it that doesn't. Yeah. There's a way that feels like a discussion, mm-hmm. like they're offering their ideas. And even even like to subset that even more, it's like there's a way to that like, you know, I could tell you my ideas about something yeah. that feels preachy or on the preachy side of things where I'm like, as an authority, like this is why, let's say, this is why this certain era of music is superior to this. Yeah. You know, and I could say like objectively, here's ABC, the reasons why, but like that feels preachy. Whereas I could say, I think it, it's better because of this and this, what do you think? Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's a better way to do it. In my opinion,
1: yeah i mean but you know what maybe I'm, you're wrong you, maybe i'm wrong though you know what i'm saying though yeah it's all this it, it, it's all watered under the bridge eventually but people who can have their own ideas are more quality um sound listeners sound listeners music, sound, i don't know what you're getting music at right listeners. now yeah. um well they're just people having their own ideas and trying to discover themselves um and relate to music without having to be told what to think and what you know what i'm saying i think but that's what what we're going into um in crediting these guys and saying that that they're doing a wonderful job in the in that ambiguous you know sense of the word of 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 great music writing yeah so that's pretty cool you know we missed one too you you're doing you're doing a, a song from the first album
0: so i actually yeah I, I just realized that yeah so um but that's okay yeah well i'm gonna change it again oh you're gonna change, Ooh, you're it gonna it gonna to, change yeah, yours gonna change too yeah so wow, this is so fun. just as a you know three sentence introduction to this um my idea this week, as I listened, I, I kind of classified these songs into three groups, three subsets of All Them Witches. Yeah. To me, it goes, there's the, there's the metal All Them Witches, there's the blues All Them Witches, and there's the psychedelic All Them Witches. Okay. And then also, obviously, songs in between that, that fade between the, t- the three. But, and that's the order that I found All Them Witches in. When I first listened to them, I loved the metal side. I was a big. I was a really big into heavy music. As I got to know you more, actually, and was kind of introduced to other bands, I became a bigger blues fan. Cool. And then in the past couple of years, I've become more of a psychedelia fan. Sure. So I'm going to do my songs in that order. I was initially planning to do one song. Not yeah. going to talk about that. Uh-huh. I'm going to do another blues song. Okay. From the album ATW. Okay. It's called Workhorse.
1: Workhorse. Okay. Here we go.
0: talk about a uh, pocket drumming to me that, that's the first thing yeah. that stands out to me um not necessarily like complex drumming there you know there's a little bit of variation but throughout most of the song it's yeah t- yeah for so long
1: i i like a western kind of song western kind of style of music playing but his voice doesn't fit that yeah um like that could you could you could have that be a um, a very countryish song. Sure,
0: if you if you put Waylon Jennings in front of that, it would yeah, become a country yeah, yeah, song. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um kind of funny just to think about how much influence the voice has over the yeah. genre of music mm-hmm. as well. Um but great. Yeah, dude, great song choice. Song, yeah, dude. Little switch up there from
0: um he was going to do Elk Blood Heart, which is yeah, very bluesy song, but from the first album again. And I did I do think it's important that we show the 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 range the the career of the artist in some way. Yeah. Um I think this, this song lends itself to what we're just saying about ambiguous um, lyrics. Okay. So, I mean, to me, when I, when I um, read the first two stanzas, basically, the first verse, I would say, say I also, on the lyrics I'm reading, it says, lower down the workhorse. In my mind, or in my ear, I hear, Lord, I'm a workhorse. Ooh. Okay. So, I don't know. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with what I, how I hear it. Uh, Lord, I'm a workhorse when I'm able... More like a war horse caught in the stable of my mind, stapling my mind, oh, stapling my time, time, time. So to me, it's like he's saying, like, in my current state in life, I I'm being used as a workhorse kind of thing. Sure, like I got the the hustle of of being a working musician, touring, writing, okay. you know, keeping up with that life is is a tough you know you gotta you gotta work day and night also trying to be your own publicist yeah. and things like that um and but i think what you're saying is like but i honestly would feel more comfortable being a war horse caught in this but i'm caught in the stable like i i'm more I'm, I'm more interested in like you know just being myself being a war horse being ferocious and and a go-getter but i'm caught being a, a workhorse kind of a thing yeah yeah it's like I wish that I could be more free about it, but to like it's a sad fact about life that we got to be workhorses as well, and you know, and that's just like, you know, I'm sure you have a, a if you read those, you have a totally different interpretation of what they are. Yeah, and it's like, and that's kind of the beauty of it.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. He's writing about a horse. He's not a horse.
0: Yeah, he ain't a horse. It's or not, unless it's he not, is. he's
1: not getting on the mic and being like, "This is a song about me exactly. and my car and when I was going across America," and then he sings about him. Going across America on his car, you know sure. this is like—he's a workhorse, and he's describing himself as a workhorse, and it's like. What but maybe does that he, maybe mean he's not talking about himself.
0: You know, maybe he's talking about somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who knows? It's it's a it's a. It's cool. It is cool.
1: It's very cool, and it's and it almost—I don't know—and like the style of music kind of flows away, and, and it's listening to the lyrics as is, is, is well. But I feel like it's, his voice blends very well into the the music that they're playing, and so sure. you can almost get you can get really lost um, in. A lot of their songs yeah just because of how well their instr- instruments are um played
0: played and and i would say they've they've found the right way to mix Their everything sits right in the mix you know nothing nothing mm-hmm. sticks out too much and I, I i mean i think it's gotten better which i'm gonna assume is gonna be how most artists are that we talk you know that's yeah my my experience the later the album usually the better production because there's more money involved sure um or maybe because there's better People. experience. Yeah, I know. You know, you've you've done it once, or you've done it twice this or five times. A,
1: this is not a self right album. You got some dude that's been doing right. it in Nashville for years. Yeah.
0: Um, but like, I feel like there are some songs in the first album. Like, what first one that comes to my mind is like "Right Hand." Um, okay, that's a good one. That that kind of doesn't quite sit as well. The the mix doesn't like the the voice doesn't quite fit in the mix for me. If I remember okay. like, but I feel like especially after the second album, after, um, lightning at the door. Okay. It becomes like nearly. I can't think of any song after that where anything sticks out as far as like bad, a bad mixing decision or, a, or, or an inexperienced missing mixing decision where they, you know, they maybe didn't have the money or the experience to recognize, Oh, that's, we should lower the, yeah. the mids or, you know, add less reverb to, to a certain part of the song. Um, and I, I think that's a, just speaks to the experience of humans. Speaks to the human, uh, the human experience itself. Maybe just cool. we, we learn things, we improve, and we make them more our, our own product.
1: Yeah, um, and maybe kind of bouncing off the like what you are saying with the improving part. Sure. My last song is gonna be from the album "Sleeping Through the War," okay. and so is yours. Yes, they are both from that album. I think it's very um, important to rec- acknowledge this um Sleeping Through the War was done in 2017 so this is later right of mm-hmm. course um produced by a man named Dave Cobb Nashville yeah Nashville's Dave Cobb this he's a six-time Grammy award winning really American producer songwriter okay. did you have a list of disease. what he's
0: won Grammys for up there by chance I mean, um, not no worries but no i just okay. saw that, that he's, okay. i mean
1: we can i could probably scroll down and find Grammy award for best country album for Jamie Johnson's The Guitar Song, okay. um, Americana Music Association, um, Grammy Award for the Best Americana Album, um, Producer of the Year, he was nominated, um, Best Country Album, so with Chris Stapleton's Traveler. Really? Okay. Um, Grammy Award for Best Americana Album, Jason Isabel. Jason
0: Isabel, dude. I love um, Jason Isabel. Something
1: More Than Free. Okay. Um, nomination there, another, another Jason Isabel, Chris Stapleton from A Room. So it looks okay. like you kind of – So yeah,
0: I mean in, in modern country – I don't know how closely you follow country. Chris Stapleton and Jason Isbell are two very well-respected singers, guitarists, songwriters in, in the country world looks currently. Like- cool. I mean like, – I, I didn't know that, that, that David Cobb – I don't know who David Cobb was. I'll say it that way. Yeah. And to, to recognize that he produced those albums, it's very interesting to me that they chose him to, to produce this album. But also –
1: Well, though, check this out though too. So, um, he did Rival Sons. He's done stuff okay. for Rival Sons. He's done stuff for Lady Gaga.
0: Oh, really interesting. So he's kind of
1: a Marcus King band. That's another blue okay, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're kind of um, cool. I'm just kind of scrolling. Yeah, and finding some. There's yeah, Chris Stapleson, Zach Brown band. Okay, a lot of people like those guys. Um, a lot of people, dude. Like, sure.
0: Okay, so he's a, he's a fairly well rounded guy, but it sounds like a lot of Americana and country. Mm-hmm but other things as well.
1: And did some some of this rock blues rock music.
0: Yeah. But I, so I would say this album is their most psychedelic or most like experimental? Sure.
1: I saw album. in an interview um Parks Parks the bassist singer was this album he's like we wanted to get um I think he, more on the psychedelic side and then he said he wanted to get a bunch of girl singers. Okay. Um for harmonizing. So he's got th- there's three girl singers. Okay. Shout out Caitlin Rose, Erin Ray, and a girl named Tristan Gaspadarek. Yes, Gaspadarek. Gaspadarek, maybe. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. It's she's credited as Tristan only. Okay, but yeah, those three girls. Does it say be what just, song she's there
0: on? Um, I mean, well, they're that, going to be on. Uh, Am on I Growing up? This okay. Is the song that I picked. Um, okay, I'll listen for
1: them. Listen for. I mean, if you hear any female voices, th- yeah. it's gonna be one of those three or all three of those.
0: Yeah, or two, maybe. Yeah. Two also a possibility. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want to get into it,
0: or do you want to say anything else?
1: Um, I think we've pretty much like work. Like, yeah, I think we covered everything on. Yeah. To talk about that, I mean, like I said, so this is kind of okay. What ATW was after, so Workhorse was after these two last two songs we're gonna do. So right. we are kind of we're going we're, back in time. I'm back. Yeah, going back in time a little bit, but um, I don't know, dude. I really like this song. Yeah, yeah. I think everything, everything about this song, I I, I love about this okay. song. So this is this is one that comes like from since we've been listening to All the Witches for a while this has been one that I always listen to a lot okay, uh, they, but it comes up on my Spotify you know top cool. whatever yeah. but yeah here we go I would say on the psychic on a more psychedelic sure. side of the spectrum. What, um, what makes it
0: psychedelic to you, though?
1: Um, the 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 slow, uh, well, the guitar tone. I think first off, the very st- uh, de- reverbed, delayed out. Tone. Yeah.
0: Well, so yeah, it's it's the same rhythmic uh, effect used with um, In a Okay. I mean, that's that's kind of like the the quintessential dotted eighth. Yes. Uh, lead line that, yeah. that everyone goes back to um but and, that but that yeah that's that's the, the that style. would i say
1: give it the psychedelic but then dude goes sure. uh, the, going back straight back to the drums it goes he keeps the the quarter notes on the on the hi-hat yeah, and, and then then half notes bass. on bass snare,
0: snare. yeah as bass. i i noticed that at the end I mean, it's hard not to notice it that's probably like the third rhythm that any 12 year old drummer yeah. learns you know if, if you go to a drum class nail it yeah you probably you probably learn okay here's only bass drum here's only snare drum and then here's this is that and then and then after that you could play yeah, the majority do, of the song some,
1: does some feels uh, you know some steady yeah, feels in feels in between to, to, the transitional feel, feels yeah. from boom. the bass to the chorus boom, boom.
0: yeah that's all you, really all you um, get
1: yeah but, and in and out right right but funny cool. so
0: i wonder so there's, there's a there's an interview that they did interview slash um gear demonstration they did with Premier guitar there's a series called a uh, rig rundown that Premier guitar does i'm sure you've you've yeah. seen it a lot of them, and uh, they did one with this band, and Ben, the guitarist, mentions that there are times live when, when he, this is how he says it, he's like, when Parks is given me the eye, when they'll be playing a song and he looks over and, and Michael Park has given him the eye, and he knows that they're going to get weird. He knows that, that whatever the song was written as, they're going to take a turn away from that. Yeah. To, whether it's in the middle of a song, end of a song, he's like, Michael has, has a good vision of when a live setting needs a little variation from what they've what they've done in the past, okay, and that's a lot of the fun for them playing live songs is is finding those moments when there's need a need for variation. Yeah, and so he said he sets up his pedal board and his his gear such that if he needs to get crazy, he can. Cool. He's like, there's there's some pedals that I use, um, that I know exactly. You know, this part of the song, I'm gonna click on my fuzz. Right. I'm gonna click on my reverb, whatever. But he has other things that are more experimental that he does like that, and I feel like. This song especially and, and a lot of a lot of other songs as well, they probably wrote those with that in mind, saying, Okay, we have this, you know, two minute thing at the end where the drums are going bass snare with yeah. quarter note hi hats and the keyboard is holding that one big fat chord mm-hmm. and the guitar's got the same riff over and over where you know, if that if this is the time on you know and they were doing playing it live to get weird. To get to get weird, it's got a it's a big empty canvas. Sure. And and I think, you know, whether they do that they say that you know to each other, we're going to write a song that has a two-minute section that we can do whatever we want with live, yeah. Or whether they just happen to write songs that have those things in them because they enjoy it so much, um, I don't know. But I would say that's a, a big thing that, that makes them not pop music. Sure. You know I mean? you're never going to find a pop song today's age that, that has that an a, a outro like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, oh, or that, or that are just in general where the where they get weird. Right. Everything's very yeah. I know. What
0: you're yeah. Um, and and that's really been a lot of fun for me to see them live and and recognize those times when, you know, they play a, a twelve minute version of a song, that's normally six minutes, something yeah. like that. It's cool to me. Um, and I, I bet a lot of the bands that they respect and listen to growing up did that as well.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say we can jump into some um just real quick other groups which all of them which isn't been compared to. Sure. Um, Caius, K Y U S S. Yeah, Caius. Right? Yeah. Caius. No, that's right. It is Caius. I always Caius. say Caius, but it's Caius. Okay. Uh, Blue Cheer.
0: Okay. Tool. Okay. Queen
1: Stone Age, Pink yeah. Floyd, and Zeppelin. Okay. Which I mean, you, I think yeah. kinda, so, like the last two, especially everybody's like everybody, can, you always can be like they kind of sound like you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, sure. You know, comparing them to some big bands, but yeah. definitely have their own sound and style. Right. But
0: just go along with. The yeah, I mean, it. I don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to listen to f- fans and critics say who a band sounds like, rather than what the band thinks, them thinks themselves. themselves. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, you know, and and I I can't rough top of my head. A lot of the bands that they've mentioned, like we really like, but I do remember in an interview they they said as they became touring musicians for a living, yeah, one of the things that they didn't expect to happen to them. That just was a, is a consequence of touring of a touring musician's life, is that you have no chance to see other bands live, throughout sure. throughout your touring when you're you know if let's say you're touring for half the year yeah for that half the year you hear your opening band, and you hear it. yourself, and whatever you got in the car basically you know sure. if, if you're in, if you're in the van and not sleeping like you probably are a lot of the time, um, outside of that you know you maybe hear a few songs while you're warming up in the venue and you know if the venue's yeah. playing music out front, and but but no live music besides you and and the band you're opening it's opening for you yeah and uh in a way they i I remember they talked about how their first two albums sound at this point to them they they say when they listen to our first albums it sounds too much like other people they're like we we can hear the influences that we were listening to at that time okay And and it bugs them um whereas after that they're like we didn't plan on becoming more of our own musicians that sound like ourselves. just kind of naturally but, happened. But naturally, when you don't yeah. hear other people playing, you have anything to go off of besides whatever's in your head. Sure. And I, I like to think about that, to like think about what would I sound like if I only listened to myself. Well, I
1: know Jack White does that a lot, and I would credit him as very like influential sure. of a musician. He tries when he's writing, and he tries not to listen to any Play. music sure. whatsoever. To make um, sure it's authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he's, I don't know, he's like, he's that whole, he's like the Amish, yeah, yeah dude yeah, yeah. of <laughs> of, yeah, of the music industry. Um, but yeah, so I mean, pretty cool. I mean, so it's not, yeah. I obviously they're gonna have their early when they first started playing, and and but you can, those kind of bands makes makes sense to yeah. kind of mm-hmm. say that they probably like those guys, yeah. Um, or they wouldn't play this kind of music. I know one thing that's so. not on
0: that list, unless maybe I missed it. They they've all talked about how they love Grateful Dead.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's just McLeod. Uh-huh. Because he said he cites Jerry Garcia. Yeah. And the doors as yeah. significant mm-hmm. influences of his childhood. But yeah, the, the the Grateful Dead for sure. Um Pink Floyd, The Grateful Dead and Almond Brothers. Early mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt. I know
0: he, he does a lot of Almond stuff. Listens to a lot of them. Well
1: he's playing a lot, he plays a lot of slides, so it yeah. makes sense.
0: It really does.
1: Cool. Uh last song? Yeah, I let's any go into else it. You say?
0: No, I think I think just get into it. Like okay. I said, this is in the modern time when I listen to a lot of the psychedelia, and this is One of their more psychedelic songs is called 357- Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, very cool. You kind of yeah. Um, well produced. I think this is the, probably the I don't know my when I think back and listening to it all, and even just through listening to this on the podcast, it's this just sounds really good. Yeah, that, that, this this yeah those two last songs sound really
0: good. Well, I think I think it comes we, we're listening to it on a nice speaker too um, in my car. It never quite sounds as good. Sure, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you you hear a lot more. Uh, like the really nuancy things about music when you listen to it on a nice set of speakers.
1: You can kind of, you can hear the harmony, the harmony that's yeah. going on in the, yeah. Well, it's and the, I mean,
0: um. I'll tell you what, I don't think that that freaking rhythm guitar at the end has sounded as heavy as it ever. Like that's the heaviest I've ever heard it. Just really fat. Yeah. Funny. Um, one thing I was say on the way over here, I, I drive over to this podcast. I was listening to this song and right before the second verse where like i think it's like the keyboards that kind of give it a little different vibe like the keyboard kind of switched chords okay and it was like so like haunting and like uh psyche to me yeah i missed it the, the last turn to get to your house really yeah so like that's uh, funny yeah so i was like definitely hypnotizing yeah it. That's a, like that kind of speaks to the psychedelia
1: well and so it speaks to psychedelia and i would also say okay you don't go to an all them which is to listen to parks sing not sure. to say he's a bad singer, right. but the you listen to the musicianship and whatever emotions and the things that you're feeling, and then obviously you need a singer and you need lyrics to right. go along with that, um, in my opinion. Um, but it's cool to kind of get hypnotized and yeah. listen. But, and they found it; and his voice sits very well. And, and yeah. all, like I said, in all the songs, even the last one we were talking about on Workhorse, you're like, this could be a country song. But with his voice, it doesn't sound like yeah. a country song. But that kind of it gives it a cool identity. So,
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean... Speaking to that, like on on the song before, on "Am I Going Up?" I can't remember what the the whole line is, but he says the word "ground" at the end of the, each chorus. Yeah, and it like it's so deep that it's like it just blends right in with the with the music, like uh, the instruments. Yeah, yeah. While I'm buried in the ground, like I had never noticed that same thing with the speaker. On the speaker, it's like when you hear something on the right set of speakers, mm-hmm. it'll sound. You're like, oh, that's what they were going for. Oh yeah, dude. And uh, and I think. I mean, if you listen to him talk, Michael, his voice is so deep. Yeah. Like just just his speaking voice is down like this all the time, <laughs> and it's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of funny to hear because I mean I don't think he ever sings that high, but it's it's honestly he he probably sings about as high as he can. Sure. And, but it's it's still pretty deep. Um. I I think it's uh it's an interesting choice too because a lot of people if they were to choose, choose singing high or low high makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm especially with a lot of like a lot of modern music where the bass side of things is a lot more um prominent. computerized. Okay, I I yeah, was to say okay, like yeah. like you can you yeah. can achieve sub-bass sounds on a computer that you can't reach with a bass guitar. Yes. At least not as like um
1: there's a little bit more complementary and I know she's saying. Right.
0: Yeah. And so like if you, if you're singing too low it kind of gets too muddy. Yes. Um but with this because everything is so natural sounding and it's from such old like analog instruments. Mhm. And and uh, amps and things like that, it does fit.
1: Well, I wonder what the recording process was. Obviously, they had yeah. a fantastic producer, right? Um, like we talked about earlier. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say where how they where they recorded it. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find yeah.
0: Well, so while you're looking that, um, I can actually give maybe one of the few times in in this podcast that I'll ever be able to yeah. give my own personal firsthand account of something. Okay so i recently thanks to my beloved wife yeah had a slide lesson oh cool slide oh, you, guitar I lesson from ben mcleod yeah um and if any of you out there are looking to learn guitar or slide guitar um he is still offering lessons um
1: so where he bought this for you and yeah like well a, so
0: basically he, on instagram he said i'm selling lessons over skype cool you can you can pay i think it was 100 bucks an hour and she got me a half hour lesson and we did slide guitar and at the end um, when we were wrapping up, I, I was just talking to him. And I can't remember what the first part of the conversation was about, but at some point we talked about playing in alternate tunings. Yeah. Strange tunings that are not yeah not classic. And he mentioned this album specifically. During the writing process and the recording process was the most difficult for him. Like He had to constantly rethink his guitar playing and his approach to the guitar in general because he was using strange tunings that... That uh Parks was wanting to use. Yeah. He basically Parks said, like, hey, I want to go for a vibe like this, and this is the tuning that they use, or this is like this cultural tuning from this yeah. area of the world. Um write something in the, with this tuning. Yeah. Because it'll fit. And um it was so different for him. He's like, dude, this my guitar tracking took so long on this album specifically. Um, and so I think maybe that speaks as to why. Things sound more polished. Yeah, and you got more time to polish them. They they turn out more polished. How weird sure. that is. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> and uh, polish it longer. Yeah. And um, I don't know. That's just something that I I heard that maybe nobody else has heard in that way. That's cool. Know, I'm sure he's talked to other people, but it's a it's an interesting little tidbit about this album. And I think it 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 sticks out as an album that has a lot of various sounds to it, mm-hmm. a lot more harmonic rather than melodic. I would say.
1: Yeah. A lot. Well, I could say yeah you got the the- singers. Yeah, there's a lot more uh, level. There's a lot more depth. A lot, a lot more, more chefs levels with lot, the soup. There's a lot more stuff going on. Um, it's not just three dudes in a basement uh, recording and then, you know, what I'm saying like there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of layers to the. A lot of tracks. I'm sure there's a yeah. lot of tracks on each of the songs. There's a lot of tracks, um, eventually becoming a master track. You know, what I'm saying yeah. even from like the the big, uh, like power note and I'm going up. Um, that's gotta be just by yeah. itself. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that you you know, um, yeah. Well, very well, per- very well sounding, well produced. Yeah, I, I, we're kind of <laughs> going around in circles here a little bit, but yes, you know what you know what we're saying. I hope so. We're impressed by this band, All Them Witches.
0: Yeah, we really like them. Um,
1: Listen to them please there's a lot like i we just kind of hit a couple good ones but there's a plenty of other fantastic songs as well yeah i mean and this is i could have chosen any three songs this is a band too that's they're still doing stuff and hopefully through covid and it comes out they they can still because they just released in 2020 uh nothing is as the idea so they got a a future coming yeah and and
0: there's still yeah we didn't touch on that album at all i think that was that maybe two albums we didn't hit at all that one and surfer right and yeah not to say those have like those aren't bad albums they're they're great albums. Um,
1: well, one of the songs I was gonna pick instead, I was gonna do "Call Me Star." See, from, and I was from gonna from to do "Rats
0: and Ruin" 40. from the last album, but I decided against it. See, there we go. So, like, you could have, but um, we love them. We we really we really appreciate what they do. Yeah. And we are excited to see what comes next, on album number seven, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So. Next week, you wanna get yeah, into that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we just everything about all them witches. What's what's uh? So yeah. So next I picked, week, I gotta. I, yeah. Yeah, so I picked this. Yeah, I picked. All Them is for the, the first first episode. I thought it was, you know, it sounds yeah, good. So wow. Tyler, Tyler gets to pick the next one. Yeah, so
0: next week I'm going a different direction. A different Phoebe direction. Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers. Yes, she's a folk singer. That's what I would I call I have no her. idea who that yeah, is. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. I only know a couple songs, so we'll both discover a little Interesting. bit. Interesting. Very cool. Phoebe yeah, we'll Bridgers. Yeah, talk about her.
1: Cool. Um... I look forward to it. Yeah.
0: And thank you guys for listening to this first week. We hope to have you again next week. Yeah. Hopefully it didn't scare you away too much.
1: A little, little discussion of Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Thank hey, you Hey, sounds guys. good. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you guys next time.